0: God told me, Tyrone, I could have taken you early. I could have taken you when that boat exploded. I could have taken you when you were in the hospital in the Bahamas and all your vitals went to red. I could have taken you the day before when you went through all these surgeries and you were unstable and you still didn't look like you were going to survive. But I'm keeping you here. And I'm keeping you here for a purpose. And the one message that he said was, be resilient. That the battles and the obstacles that you've already faced are nothing compared to the battles and challenges that you have to come. Thank you.
1: what's up y'all welcome to the less rock podcast i'm your host philosophical and i'm your co-host Jay. Go, what's good what's going on y'all as you can see man we have an illustrious guest man um mr tyran jackson man professional speaker author of the of a great book man definitely recommend you guys check it out choosing resilience expert coach and founder of a biz- his business platform rebuild Re- reborn resilient i'm sorry reborn resilient man uh, welcome welcome sir welcome hey. thank you for taking the time to come out and uh and be with us today man
0: no doubt no doubt i appreciate your philosophical and jay i appreciate you guys having me be a part of your program and your platform here
1: yes 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 appreciate it <laughs> no. appreciate it uh make sure you guys follow him on instagram at tyran jackson official tiktok <laughs> and linkedin of the same names man um kind of we're gonna start off here man tell us a little bit about your journey man Ooh, about my journey okay yeah so I'm gonna go
0: back about, let's see, let me go back 19 years ago. I was in college at Tennessee State University and getting ready to graduate from school and as a mechanical engineer. I met this young lady at a club one night, her name was Malika, tried to get her to dance with me. She turned me down twice before finally me coming back to her. She had a drink in her hand and she wanted to set it down first. When she finally set it down, she was like, yeah, I'll dance with you. And we connected, we started dating each other, seeing each other, and then fast forward a little bit, she was the woman who I proposed to and got married to, and that was that was about 19 years ago. So things were good. We, uh, we lived in Indiana for the first six or seven years of our time together, moved to Atlanta, and we had us a, a good marriage, had us a very good marriage uh, up until a point where we were getting ready to celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary. Now this was four years ago. And at that point in time, I was working as an engineering manager for a small company. I was traveling a lot. She had just gotten promoted as a uh, national director in human resources and diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, And so she was traveling quite a bit. So we had our one son uh, and it was as if we were scheduling time for her to go out of town and I'd be with our son and then she'd come back and I'd go and do that. So we were leading up to our 15th wedding anniversary. And as this time was coming, we knew we needed to spend some time to reconnect with each other. And we thought we were going to spend five wonderful days in the Bahamas together, you know, being able to just enjoy each other, celebrate this milestone accomplishment and being able to get a little bit of a break in the midst of everything that was busy and happening in our lives. So the day before we decided to go on this trip, I took our son to go stay with his aunt and uncle and tell him, look, son, I'm gonna drop you off for a week. We'll be back next week, come pick you up. Everything will be back to normal. Enjoy your time with the, your cousins, enjoy your time with your family, all of that. Next day, we end up going on the trip to the Bahamas. First two days were great, phenomenal. We had uh, some fruity drinks, some time at the beach, had some good photos taken and a lot of great things together. On the third day, we thought we would do something not too unusual. We would go on an excursion, leave the resort and take a a four hour excursion to be able to tour more of the island. We got up that morning at 6.30, 7.30. We had gotten breakfast and we're at the edge of the resort getting ready to get picked up by a bus. Eight o'clock, the bus picked us up, took us to this marina, 8.45. We're getting checked in at this marina. 8.55, 8.55, we're boarding this small boat thinking that we're about to have a wonderful day. Nine o'clock, the boat takes off. 9.06, 9:06. my life had changed forever. I found myself waking up face down on the surface of a burning boat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unbeknownst to us, we were sitting above a fuel tank and there was a fuel leak coming from that fuel tank. And without knowing what happened, The boat exploded. Now, I find myself waking up because my right leg is literally on fire. Mm. There was a second boat that took off around the same time as us. And then when I came to, I looked up and I saw the passengers on this boat yelling, get off the boat, get off the boat, get off the boat. And here I am, I'm trying to realize what's going on because I'm in shock. I can glance down at my left foot. I can see my left foot severed. I can see my ankle bone blood rushing out. I try to push myself up, but I crumble. I try to push up again, but I crumble again. I didn't know it at the time, but my left collarbone was broken in four places.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: The
0: Only thing that I could do was reach my right hand out, put my fingertips in the ridges on that boat, and drag myself away from those flames until I pass out again. Now. Some of the passengers from that second boat, it wasn't too far away. They came over and they pulled me off the boat and put me on their boat. And when I came to, my first question was, where is my wife? Well, they tell me that she was picked up by another boat and she was wheeled, taken to a clinic and that I was headed there too. Okay. So I'm put on the back of a pickup truck, taken to this clinic. And as I'm being, being put on a stretcher and wheeled into this clinic, I could hear Malika. I could hear my wife her moans, her agony. She's in pain. She's suffering. And I can't do anything about it. There were three of us that were horribly injured as a result of that accident. One other young lady, my wife and myself. One doctor in this clinic. He tells me that me and this other young lady are going to the good hospital and that my wife will be coming later. So this leads me to believe that, okay, despite what's happened, my wife must be better off than I am because they're sending me and this other young lady to this hospital to get additional treatment. Mm-hmm. They get me to this hospital. I go into emergency surgery. I wake up, it's about five hours later. First thing that I ask the doctors when they come in is where is my wife? Where is she? She should be here by now. The doctors look at each other and they leave the room. And then I'm like, okay, what is going on? Why aren't they answering my question? They come back in and they tell me, Mr. Jackson, we hate to inform you, but your wife didn't make it. That She died at that clinic. And we didn't want to tell you that. They didn't want to tell you that before you came here, had to go through surgery. So listen, here I am celebrating what's supposed to be a wonderful occasion with my wife. And just like that, my life had changed forever. She was taken away from me. I cried myself to sleep that night. The next morning I had to wake up and my son who was staying with his uncle I had to call him on the phone, 12 years old at the time and tell him, son, your mom's not coming home. And then to make matters worse, having to hear his pain on the other end of the phone having to calm him down and try to reassure to him that I was gonna be okay when I didn't even know this. Later that same day, They had tried to reattach what was left of my foot to my leg, and my foot happened to be infected. So infection started going through my body. So I'm laying there in that hospital bed, and I can see the EKG monitor over my head, and I can see all of my vitals go from green to yellow to red. And I'm laying there, and I'm thinking, and I'm praying to God, God, you've already taken my wife. I've already broken my son's heart. I had to tell him that his mom is no longer here. And now I'm coming to grips with the fact that I'm about to die. Mm. They started bringing priests to pray over me instead of the doctors to come see me. And we're starting to just give me pain medication to deal with the pain. And so to be laying in that bed and come to a realization that the next time I close my eyes is probably the last time I'm going to close my eyes was a very difficult situation to be in. Now, I was in the truest state of despair. Um, I'm already still in shock trying to process what's going on here. I still haven't really come to grips with the fact that my wife is dead. Mm. My son has no mother, and now he's about to lose his father. And I don't know everything that's happening in the background, but I have no hope that I'm gonna still be here. Now, by the grace of God, I wake up that next morning and there were actions that were being taken for a grade A trauma unit in Florida that saw what happened and say, okay, we need to get him here to try to save his life. And so things were working for me to get to Florida. And that next day, I had to go into emergency surgery again. And by this time, my sister and my mom, they had gotten to Florida. And the doctors told them that we got to do whatever we can to save this life. So that afternoon, I go into surgery and I wake up with my leg missing. They had to amputate my leg for me to have a chance to survive. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the next seven days, I had to go through eight surgeries to start putting the physical pieces of me back together. I had a broken right foot, third degree burns on my right leg, a fractured pelvis, fractured vertebrae, bruised ribs. Broken collarbone, my left leg is missing, and I was in and out of consciousness five times. But there was a day that right after a day I went through four surgeries in one day that I was starting to process things. This was about five days after the accident. And I was praying to God and I was saying to God, you know, what why did this have to happen to us? And what is gonna happen now, moving forward? God told me, Tyrone, you have, I could have taken you early. I could have taken you when that boat exploded. I could have taken you when you were in the hospital in the Bahamas and all your vitals went to red. I could have taken you the day before when you went through all these surgeries and you were unstable and you still didn't look like you were going to survive. But I'm keeping you here. And I'm keeping you here for a purpose. And the one message that he said was, be resilient. That the battles and the obstacles that you've already faced are nothing compared to the battles and challenges that you have to come. So that was a moment where there was a shift in my path and my trajectory. He made it clear that I wasn't going to go back to be an engineer anymore, that the life that I had was no longer the life that I was going to have moving forward. So that started the process of me moving forward. But let me tell you, it was not easy to have to move forward from this. I was in the hospital for two weeks. I had to go through six weeks where I was pretty much bedridden and my day consisted of me being pushed out of a bed into a wheelchair and being rolled into a recliner at my sister's house to sit there for about eight, nine hours just to get back in this wheelchair and go back to bed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move. I couldn't. I I my I was in a cast and I was in a sling and a back brace, all of these things, because physically I was broken and I had to get those things uh, healed before I could even start to try to learn to maybe one day walk with a prosthetic again Hmm. but mentally emotionally I had to go through a great deal I had to go through depression I went through severe depression for the loss of my wife anxiety fear about what was going on (laughs) I went through severe grief and survivor's remorse I booked that trip that we were on and as a result of that she's no longer here I had to deal with a lot of mental and emotional challenges in order to figure out how I was going to move forward without having any hope and not knowing what was going to happen to me as far as being able to walk again, being able to be a father to my son, being able to make sense of life. But that was the start of my journey. That's where I was four years ago after suffering such tremendous loss. So everything that I knew had been taken away from me. And I had to start putting the pieces back together again. One of those pieces was rediscovering who I was and emotionally and mentally how to move forward from such a tragic setback.
1: Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's That's deep. That's, that's, that's a story, man. Um, uh, you know, just, just hearing (laughs) that, 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 that journey that you went through right and that 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 tells a lot of um no pun intended but your book choosing resilience and i can see you know where that where that came from right yeah um so even even you telling us that journey which you've been through right um tell us how you know even today taking action and even and even Growing from that pain, you know what I mean. What are some, what are some things you, you 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 feel like you've taken today, and I and I know a lot of times, man, that journey. Um, and I know us not being in your shoes, right, no. to 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 be in that place of 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 your journey, right. Um, uh, but we can definitely sympathize with that. Can definitely empathize yeah. with that. Can definitely like, man, it 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 bought it bought a certain like man like um I wish I would have known that before we recorded this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would and it also puts me in a place to where um I'm pretty sure you know your journey is your journey, but when you tell someone that journey, it makes my personal story and my personal journey to say man, the same type of resiliency that God told this man is the same resiliency that he's telling me through my right. personal journey and right. story, right? And just by hearing you state that is what I learned from that, right? It's like, man, you know, the same message that God tells me during my 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 issues within my my journey is the same it's the same message.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um but sorry Jay, I, I I think you had something you wanted to say.
2: Nah just um one I just you know, uh, nothing. I'm sure nothing anybody says uh, will. Nothing anybody says will change what happened, and nothing any and anybody says will, you know, make it better, so to speak. But you know, I just one you. You are an inspiring story, just where you where you were and where you come where where you've come to but also you know just like just wow like you you deserve you deserve a lot more appreciation than I see you getting because the the level of work and the level of dedication that you put like let's start with the fact that you you had this in you before you may not have known you had it in you before right. but you had this in you before all of this happened yep. you know you had that you had that work in you but you know you you were chosen to go through this and now the world is seeing that you had it in you but you know just yeah, you know, like like Phil said talk talk to us a little bit about that that path of taking action and and actually growing from from the pain, the loss and the, the the heartbreak. yeah so so no, I
0: look, I have gone through a tremendous amount that I wouldn't necess- I wouldn't want anybody else to have to face that same level of tragedy, sudden tragedy and trauma to have to go through in order to learn lessons that I've learned. Like you said, it's okay. true. We have certain situations in our life that prepare us for what we have to face down the road. Now, this is this is this is from the physical side, but when I was in my early thirties, I, I I was a pretty good basketball player, pretty good athlete back when I was uh, in high school and everything. Thought I was okay. Played throughout, you know, in little intramural and rec leagues and everything. And I thought one day that I was uh, just finished working out, saw some kids out on the court playing, thought I was going to get out there and do something with them. These kids, I say kids, 18, 20, you know, in their peak premium condition. But here I am thinking I'm going to be pretty good to be able to get out there and do something because I'm feeling right. Get mm-hmm. out there. I'm trying to guard this one kid who I don't know if he was an all-state player or what, but he was, he was balling. He was doing his thing. And I'm trying to guard him. And he goes to the right. I go to the right. He comes back left. I think I'm coming back to the left, but I find myself falling on the ground. And then I didn't realize. And what I thought I heard, I thought I heard a gunshot. Oh, no. I I felt something in the back of my leg. Well, what happened was, because I I came up like I was ready to fight somebody. Because I thought, you know, somebody had hit me in the back of my calf. And mm-hmm. look, I'm I'm mad, I'm hot. Well, didn't realize it. At, well, I realized it, but I had tore my Achilles, right? Mm-hmm. So, so here I am having to get carried up off the court. But, and that was that that was painful. I had to go through the surgery, but I had to go through eight months of physical therapy in order to get to a point where I could walk again one day. Mm-hmm. Or be able to walk and be able to move like normal. So, you know, do that. I'm thinking, okay. I never want to go through this again.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: A couple years later, I get back to a place where, and, and, and my wife at the time, she told me, you need to watch what you're doing. Don't play basketball with them kids anymore. I'm like, cool. So my buddies, they talk about, let's get in the 35 and up league. I'm like, okay, this is my speed. I can go ahead and do that. <laughs> get out there. Start playing, doing well and everything. Um, go to the basket hard one time. I think I'm about to get up and elevate. I end up on the ground again. For my patella tendon, my ACL, my PCL. Oh, wow. Back another eight months of rehab on my leg. Now, I say these things because I, I had to go through them. When I had to get my left leg amputated and had to learn how to walk and get a prosthetic and go through the mental aspect of having to do this work and be disciplined about it, to physically be able to get back to a place where I could do something like a normal person. Mm -hmm. I was already prepared. You know, you didn't wanna have those things happen to me, but at least having, and and let me tell you, it was so important for me to already have a mindset and understand what the work was gonna be because when those injuries happened to me early in life, that was all I was dealing with. When it happened, when I was in this incident, I had the emotional loss and pain I had to figure out. I had to figure (laughs) out how I was going to be a father to my son. I had all of these other matters to have to deal with. So being prepared mentally and physically for what was going to come was actually a blessing in disguise. And so when we started talking about how to, you know, take action and use the pain that we go through to grow, and and I like to say this because I, I, I feel as though I embody resilience and being able to bounce back and not just bounce back, but bounce back in a better manner and use the tragedy or the pain that you go through as a means of generating and creating positive growth amongst ourselves. And so in going through these things, I had to not only physically get myself in a better condition and shape, and and it's crazy because once I got into the routine and habit of being able to do the physical therapy, go work out on a regular basis, keep pushing myself. I had friends, a support system that was pushing me to be able to bounce back. I found myself not just walking again, but my walk turned into a jog and my jog turned into a little bit of a run and I was able to jump a little bit. And then I found myself running 5Ks. I'd never ran a 5K before in my life, but doing that after going through something so drastic seemed like a major accomplishment. So, you know, these were the types of things that allowed me to grow in a better fashion. When I look at it from a mental standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, I had to address the issues that I was having. I went 39 years of my life without ever going to a therapist and doing anything from a mental health standpoint, not because I didn't think I didn't need it, but I didn't have any major problems. And so I thought with dealing with so much change in such a short period of time and not even having... I lost confidence in myself. I had doubt. I had anxiety. And then I had to heal from a broken heart. All of these things. And I had to not only do that, but I had to know how to emotionally support my son who was dealing with his loss of his mother. Mm -hmm. And so to have to realize that life was going to be different and I needed to be able to deal with the fact that I I was crying uncontrollably from the sadness of my loss. Mm -hmm. I was I I was had PTSD from waking up on that boat. I had mm-hmm. all of these little things that would happen to me that would cause me to be triggered and maybe even respond to others who were reaching out to me in ways I shouldn't. I had did a lot to isolate myself from people as much as possible. So these were issues that needed to be addressed. Um one of the most powerful things that I did while I was in the bed as I was waiting to get to a point where I could actually uh, take some action was to actually start journaling, writing down the thoughts that were going through my mind and putting them on paper. They became Mm -hmm. real and a lot of, in some ways, that helped me process the fact that my former wife was no longer here. That she, um, that that I had to accept the fact that she was gone. So I would write stories and write information about, you know, the times that we had, the good times and the ways that she impacted me and, and helped mold me into being a person and thanking her, giving gratitude for her for the time that she was here with me. But this made the process of being able to accept what had happened and being able to move forward a little bit easier and move me a little further down that path. And so so these were things, and and as I kept continuing down this journey and addressing my mental health was a key part of this, but um, but definitely getting to a place where I had to Learn who I was again, which led me to dig deeper into my, my, my ambition, my mind, my soul, my spirit than I ever had before. You know, when you're married to somebody, you start to merge in some ways. And some of the things that, that, that you thought you like to do, it's y'all like to do or we like to do. And then so you have these things that we do. And then all of a sudden, when that's taken away from you, you kind of lose your identity. And I had to go through these steps of having to learn who Tyrann was again. And so in the process of doing that, it helped me learn to be more vulnerable than I ever had been before, because I had to be open to try to understand why I thought the way I thought and realize the transformation that was happening to me, which made me be a, a, a definitely a more empathetic, a definitely more open, definitely more in tune, a self-aware person than I was before that incident had happened. So there's a number of ways that I grew from that. So
1: I so, uh, you brought up a good point. Um and I don't want to call what you went through kind of a setback. Uh but we we kind of say it, it was a setback. We can do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, I wanted to make the point to say, you know, the couple of setbacks that you went through today made you go five steps forward. Exactly. Right. And relearning who you are. Um, relearning you know what your your purpose would be so you spoke a couple seconds ago as far as like you know voter, being vulnerable being sympathetic being empathetic I, you know just a follow up question on that right why is that such a weakness within our men today in your opinion
0: okay so <laughs> there's a lot of things that I can touch on with that Okay. I think first off with us as black men, men mm-hmm. period, but black men, I think that for the most part we're conditioned to not be in touch with our emotions growing up. And I think that that's one of the things, and, and just to reveal a little bit about my upbringing, because that's part of what came out in the midst of me understanding who I was. Mm-hmm. My My mom, she didn't really She loved me, but she didn't show love. And my dad, he was physically there, but he was not emotionally there with me. And it was one of these things where, yeah, we're family. We're coexisting. We're in the same place, but there is no emotional or very little emotional support given because he was so focused on going to work and making money and providing. And my mom, she came from a, you know from a from a perspective that you just you, you don't it was hard to show that affection and that love and and so i think that's definitely for for me that's part of it but i also think that you know when a little girl falls down you know she may cry and they you wipe the tears and you you treat them uh, delicately but for boys it's like get up and keep going so even though you may be facing facing emotion as a kid you're not being encouraged to show and share those emotions. So Mm -hmm. I think that was part of the problem that leads to why a lot of men have problems or difficulties today, because we don't know how to express our emotions growing up. And then we get to places in life where when everything is, is, is good and cool, we're fine. But when something throws us off where we haven't really had to express our emotions previously, We struggle in understanding how to communicate, Mm those, And so and I think that that's more prevalent in the black community as with black men as it is with a a lot of other communities and and from the female to male perspective. So so I think that's where part of it begins. And then I think the other piece of it, too, is just as men, we, we, we typically operate from a masculine perspective, meaning that our core and our initial response is to be masculine and not necessarily reveal anything that's gonna show weakness. And it's it's not until we become honest with ourselves. And that's one thing I had to learn how to do is be be just as honest with myself as possible to understand how I was gonna move forward. And and being able to be vulnerable and transparent in that way allowed me to be better in tune with my emotions, which makes it easier for me to be able to uh, deal with, when changes and things happen, and and being able to be open about how I feel. And really what I'm realizing is as we do that and do it publicly, it makes it a little bit easier to bring other men to say, okay, let me go ahead and understand my emotions as well. Let me take that step and be able to share how I feel about certain situations. Because ultimately, when it comes to relationships as a whole with, with our significant others, our friends, our family, a lot of it comes back to communication, but if you're not really emotionally available, you're not communicating you know, honestly and fully with others. So I think that that's a piece of you know, why it's a little bit harder for men, black men to be able to be open because I think we have certain levels of dysfunction for the most part earlier in our lives that might cause us to be that way as we get older. Sorry for the long-winded answer, but no, um, no, no, no. Do you, that's, do you, that's perfect.
1: That's, that's perfect. I wanted to ask: Do you feel like sometimes we, as black men, we choose partners that don't allow us to express ourselves emotionally, and vulnerably, or I, it's on the or or on the man itself?
0: No, I, I think I think that it, I, I think that's part of it too. I think that's part okay. of it too. But okay. I think the part of it is is that we don't always we don't always work to develop the way that we need to be loved and addressed and accepted with that person okay so we sort of don't really allow them to see deep into us until it may be later and then sometimes we get into situations where okay you're dealing with I don't want to say it you're dealing with the representative of that person and so you got two people who might not be fully transparent with each other and it makes it harder to get that communication going like it needs to be where they can truly understand you so you can feel comfortable being you know with emotionally with them for the highs and lows and so you know that's that's part of it too and, and I, I encourage being as open and honest about how I feel and that's you know when I when I look at my progress and and you know I feel like I was victim of this with my uh, my former wife where I might not have been as open and transparent, but in going through what I went through, it helped prepare me for meeting my my current wife to okay. be able to move forward and, and treat that relationship in a better manner because I, I knew that it was important for me to be who I was and be able to share those things so we could have a better relationship by having that type of dialogue.
2: I, I do so- think, Oh, go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you know, playing playing a little bit of a devil's advocate. Well, not a little bit, playing devil's advocate, you know, um, what, uh, how would you respond to folks who say that, oh, well, the uh, that lack of vulnerability is part of how you build resilience, you know, not sharing, being able to endure in silence, you know, the, you know, the the strong, silent type, you know, what would you say to folks who say that that's what resilience looks like? I,
0: I would say to them that they don't understand resilience. <laughs> resilience re- resilience come from, comes from going through certain situations, experiences, and challenges. When you're holding stuff in, well, you may be creating challenges. You might be... <laughs> You might be building a certain type of resilience, but it might not be a resilience that's gonna at the end of the day make things better for yourself
2: now you okay cool.
0: so and, and so there is a lot of a lot of yeah. and where this comes back to i think is it, it comes back to our our initial beliefs, and you don't have to agree with me by any means jay mm-hmm. but 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 I think a lot of us <laughs> might have um you know preconceived notions, thoughts and beliefs on by not addressing an issue and this goes back to my thing about being honest with yourself. If you ask yourself, well, if I just keep this in, if I'm if I'm just going to figure this all out by myself, I'm making myself stronger, but honestly is that what you want to do? Or do you want to get to a resolution where you can have peace and and be comforted? And so I, I would I would challenge somebody who says that that might be the approach to build resilience because ultimately we want to be able to be better prepared for the challenges that we're going to face down the road and if we're depriving ourselves from maybe having to deal with a little bit of conflict now in order for me to get better understanding from my partner and vice versa then you're 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 hurting yourself down the road because all of these little things and this, this goes into another, topic I like to talk about because we all have our our pains our traumas and then we have these little micro traumas that be the other little bitty things that start to stack up and stack up and stack up and when you wonder why people pop off sometimes when you just it might be something minor all of these things are like a weight on our shoulders and they get heavier and heavier and heavier and then when you start seeing not just the major issues not the financial issues that we're having or the, you know, we can't get along right now and these type of things. Then you have these other little things added on top of it that, that they cause us to have dysfunction within our lives and dysfunction within ourselves. And all of these, they play on our mental and emotional health. So, um, so yeah, so we got enough challenges on our own that need to have to hold things back. That could be greater challenges down the road.
1: I will add to that. I think. I think you guys are. I think there's a what Jay just mentioned. You know, the double advocacy is not mentioning those vulnerabilities, and Tyrann mentioning that. You know, hey, there's gonna be a time we're gonna have to address it. I think Jay's point is, I think that's what a lot of men yeah. probably are battling within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyrant uh, yeah. is, I think, in so many words, are telling you, in order for you to be successful, not only in life. But in long term relationships, I think you're going to have to either address them before you enter a relationship or address them with the right person while you're in a relationship. One yeah. of the two, because That's I it. feel like you brought up a good point, Tyran, is that I think sometimes we as men, we get in multiple relationships and we go through a revolving cycle and we can't yep. figure out why certain aspects of the relationship aren't working and when we don't figure that out and we don't address some things personally within us because that's kind of what it means we keep repeating the process right keep repeating the cycle right Right. and all it does is it delays time right you get older and you're and you're trying to figure out why you're not successful In certain aspects of your life, whether that may be career or relationship or whatever, I I do feel like this is part of our next question I'm going to ask also is that, you know, going through the cycle, not challenging yourself because we're quick to blame each other, men and women, each other on things that you're either going to have to address before you get in a relationship or be with the right person that's willing to ride with you and be with you and help you address each other's issues. Because that's, that's really the solution to a long-term relationship and a marriage. You've got to, and we've spoken about this on our show, right? You gotta be able to be with someone that you can be vulnerable with, share certain things with, but also willing to give you the openness to, to speak to them about it, right? Because let's let's be real, right? You know, Tyran spoke about a lot of his vulnerabilities and 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 we even call it insecurities. Women have the same thing, yeah right we and, yeah, we, we all do. do we all do, but I think there's such a shift in the fact that it's okay for for women to speak on these insecurities and vulnerabilities and um, issues that will be going on, but like like being said, men are conditioned to hold that in, yeah. Yeah. And it really doesn't come out until we're affected financially, emotionally, physically, instead of voicing those concerns when you do have that peace, right? Yeah. Constantly working within yourself or in the relationship and marriage that you're in, right? Right. Um, So that kind of brings me to the next question, you know. Before you, before you
2: got that question, I just, uh, I just wanted to add to that. Like, I like, Tyran, I like what you said when you said, you know, get to peace. Because, you know, I think, I think that's ultimately the, the, the thing that a lot of us, we, we misconstrue. You know, we think the momentary peace is everything you know so it's like oh I'm I'm uncomfortable right now but I'm not really trying to I don't want to cause an issue or it'll I'll deal with it later or you know I just want things to be peaceful for right now not knowing that we're building to like you said a blow up further down the line the longer we suppress the longer we hold back the longer we we stay silent and you know we we've said we've said multiple times to uh, to the audience and to each other that like most ultimately what we as people and especially men want is peace yeah. like so when we find a when we find a partner when we find a person when we find a wife who will give us peace then we will stay but we we often neglect the fact that peace comes from within. You know, yeah. you you have to do the work to find your own peace. Otherwise, you know, no no one person, there's no magic pill that'll there's no there's no prince charming, there's no you know, Southern Belle. There's no, you know, good girl. There's, there's no one silver bullet that's going to bring you peace if you don't address what's going on inside of you. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know, I think I think that's something that you know what you said just brought to the forefront.
0: Yeah, and just to su- just go off of that a little bit more, and and I think it comes back in in my journey that self awareness and understanding. Looking in the mirror and really digging deep into who I was gave me that level of understanding as to how to, how what I really wanted out of life and, and how I really operated and get past this shell of who I was. So, so to me, that's where from a emotional and mental health standpoint, I grew. I grew mm-hmm. tremendously and that made me feel as though I'm more confident in being able to address certain situations and circumstances and move forward in life at peace with myself because I gained that understanding of who I was. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle. We, we, we know who this surface person of us is. We know who the per- partial person we might give our spouse or our you know, family members or those other things, but we don't know who we really are. And when we dig into that, then it becomes easier to get to that place of peace and knowing where your peace resides. So, leave that leave it there. But um, Mm. yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, I kind of I think we kind of spoke about you know challenging yourself through you know a lot of that. I want to kind of talk about you know let's talk about therapy with our with our black man. We we spoke about on how to. You know some of the things you have to do to challenge yourself. You know, be vulnerable, show that empathy, but also, you know, be yourself. Let Let's talk about how important is is therapy. You know, within our black men, and even in the in in the community of men, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, how How important do you feel that is, Tyrone? Because you mentioned, you know, you, through through you know your journey, you went through a lot of that therapy. Kind of speak about yeah. how that helped you and how it can help, you know, our men.
0: So, so I see therapy. So, so let me let me start off by saying this. Okay. And going and relating back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. We want peace. However, I think a lot of us have experienced in our upbringing, in our early, you know, where we have been in life. Mm-hmm. Um, organized chaos. And this yeah. is who we become. And this is what we yeah. got used to. And so we expect that. We expect that that organized chaos as opposed to peace. So where therapy comes into play here, I look at therapy as being able to reflect back and understand how I got to where I am today. And so when you go through therapy and you actually go in and start to diagnose those situations in your past that have caused you to be. To think and view the world and the perspectives that you do, you start to see that, oh, there were some problems with what I was accepting as normal earlier in my life. Now that I've identified a problem, I've got something that I know that's a part of me that I can go forward and address or break. When we don't go through these this process of therapy and discovery, we continue to operate with that organized chaos as being who we are and who we will be. So I think there are a lot of men who have this within themselves that they never, never even tap into or discover or understand. Mm. So it just continues a cycle of operating in this dysfunction. And you got a whole bunch of dysfunctional people out here. There's going to be problems that's going to arise. So um, I hope that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. I think that that's- part of what the, the therapy starts to open up those layers and those pieces as to why we are who we are at this point
1: so do you feel you mentioned you feel like men ha, are starting to or already have conditioned themselves to deal with dysfunction within relationships within which also in my opinion disrupts peace
0: yeah yeah i think in yeah and this is this is bigger than just relationships i think this okay. is just how we how we function with with others through our jobs with the people who we interact with every day even the way that we you know view certain things that happen in the world overall all of these things are 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 results of some of the things that we've been brought up to believe that were normal and okay Okay. and so so it like i said it as we start to diagnose those things that have happened to us or have caused us to think this way then it opens us up to, to really get into understanding that piece and maybe realizing the changes that we might need to make in our mindset and our thoughts and our perceptions of ourselves going forward. So, so you know, that... Uh,
1: I, will, I will also mention, you know, you spoke earlier a good point, and I just want to kind of um, elaborate on that. Uh, as far as being the way you were brought up, right? You know, you mentioned that your mom didn't give you that, you know, nurturing attention, and then your dad, his... His only way of you know was was going to work all the time, not being that emotional and mental presence. I can tell you right now, I feel like this is that is a normalcy within our men right exactly. and what that what that does is they see that as a young child and they become that
2: right, right? Exactly. And they become yeah. they
1: become that with relationships to where they they condition themselves to where my only job is to go to work and provide, right? And I feel like, you know, we're expecting mothers to now also, you know, when when the father's not around, go to work, provide, nurture, provide emotional stability, mental stability. But also, you know, I also want to speak on what does that leave the man to do, right? It's still such a barrier, I feel like, such a divide as far as like our men, Feeling like being mentally and emotionally uh, unavailable for our relationships and also our future children as as weak, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I tell you right now, I I I feel like you know hearing that you know as far as man, it makes me wonder. Like man, that's kind of the way I was brought up, right? My dad always instilled in me to, (laughs) yo, never stop working. You know, yeah. always provide. You know, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared to not be able to provide for your family. Always prepare yourself for emergencies. Always prepare yourself for the worst. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's what us as men are are doing. We're preparing for breakups. We're preparing to get fired from my job. We're preparing for for setbacks. Right. And what that does is that constantly stays on our mind to be on alert, no defense. But at the same time we're instilling that in our, in our boys and our young men, right. We're not teaching our men to, you know, yeah, you know, be the provider, but also, you know, had the mental awareness to speak up what you want, speak up how you feel. Right. Right. And conditioning our young men and young young boys to, you know, just, just don't say anything, shut up and sit down. Don't say anything. Right. And, you know, I feel like therapy is important, but I think it also goes back to I think certain men don't want to go to therapy because they don't want to share that vulnerability.
0: No. I think you're spot on right there. I think you're spot on. Yeah.
2: And so
0: yeah. I mean, go ahead go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. all right. Um, so I know like speaking from same thing, you know, like the uh for a very long time personally, like my whole thing was I just want to be I want to be able to provide for myself. I want to be self-sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the idea for that was if I'm completely self-sufficient then when somebody else shows up then I I'm absolutely certain I can provide for that other person. And yeah, that's that's true in one aspect. You know, you you're always a, a, able to provide for the other person your children your wife whoever your family but on the other side of it you know that shut up and do your job that mentality it's I think it causes two problems one it's um you never end up building any emotional intelligence because it's just like it doesn't matter how I feel right I just need to be able to work so you've basically disregarded an entire aspect of who you are and who and and a a path to maximizing who you could be through the emotional aspect of things Mm -hmm. but then from the uh from the physical I mean the 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 trauma aspect of things you know you 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 never address any of the you need for address any of the things that could be a problem um and also another thing that i just thought of is like you know there's we often hear about this attitude of abundance right for people who are people who are striving for success you know they they have this attitude of abundance they have this attitude of you know there's always opportunity there's always but you know the way the way we're talking about it what we're you know like oh you always have to be prepared you always have to be you know yes it's logical but it also it's almost like we're coming from an attitude of scarcity rather than an attitude of abundance yeah and we end up and i've done this myself and i've seen it manifest in my own life where you know you sabotage yourself because you're holding on to the the one little bit of what you have because you're so afraid that you're not going to be able to get any more, and you 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 stifle your own growth because you're you're so. I mean, let's be real about it. You're so afraid that you don't, you know, you don't grow.
1: I, I want to add to that. Oh, go ahead, Jam. No, 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 go, go ahead. No. Go. I I, want to add to that because I feel like you you said a perfect word abundance. I think, I think we as men and and also, you know, as women, we're treating dating, relationships and marriage like abundance, right? We view it as like, if this person doesn't, let's say, for example, if a man doesn't address a lot of the issues he knows he has, and he can find a woman that does not accept that, there's so much abundance out here. In, in a man's mentality, I can just go get a woman that can accept me not addressing a lot of the issues that I have, right? That I, Or I'm not addressing, right? Accept a lot of the issues I'm not willing to address because there's so much abundance out here in the fact that because so many relationships are failing in that manner because they're like, I don't have to change, Right. I can just go out and get another relationship. I can go out and get married again. And I don't have to... Why do, as a man, do I have to address these issues when it's so easy for me, abundance, to go out and get the a woman that will accept it? Right? right. So, I think that's the main issue as far as, like, why it's such a problem with men being vulnerable, men being emotionally unavailable, men not taking the accountability as far as like, you know, look how it's affecting our our young, our young men today. Why? Because it's become easy to just go out and get another person, you know, that's willing to accept your, your, your lacking in other areas well
2: I'd, i i'll say yes and i'll say it's easy to go out and get another person but it's hard to go out and keep another person correct. right correct like, yeah and that's yeah. the and that's what we keep running into it's like oh yeah exactly. i'll just get somebody else and then like you like you were speaking about earlier we end up in that revolving door of oh, i'm in a new relationship because that other one didn't work oh, i'm in a correct. new relationship yeah. because there's a, oh i'll get a new relationship because this one isn't working you know and it's, yeah. it's you know, like like you were saying, Tyrone, it's you haven't addressed any of the issues and you're wondering why, you know, and you're 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 wondering why you're not you're not experiencing any change. It's because the, the, the core issue has never been addressed. Yeah.
1: Did you did you have something to add to that, yeah, yeah, I got
0: something to add. I won't be long-winded on this one, but no, three no, words no, that I wanted that come to mind in the middle of this <clears> conversation. I'm loving this this dialogue that we're having. The first one is balance. And when I say Mm -hmm. balance, uh, and going back to the way that that we perceive what our value is that we bring and we think that we have to work and have to provide and we have to do all of these things. When you're doing those things, you are putting all of your energy or a great deal of your energy into that one aspect of your life. You gotta have balance between the, the relationships that you have with your kids, with your family, with those things. With yourself what makes you happy outside of working and then being able to create that balance because when you're so focused on that one thing it skews everything else Mm -hmm. so we have to find that balance that's the first thing two happiness what makes us happy how often do you ask yourself does this make me truly happy when you are with that one person This goes back to the whole abundance that we're talking about, and especially philosophical from your perspective. When we think abundance as we have a lot of options out here to choose from in women or so. And if this one doesn't work, then I'll just go out there. Ask yourself: does this one am am I at my happiest when we're with this one, when I'm with this one person? And does that happiness exceed Having to start over and hope I have happiness with one of these others out here. You got, that's a, that's a, that's a peace question inside. That's a question we have to be real with ourselves to understand that peace. And then the last thing I wanted to say,
1: I'm sorry, can you kind of elaborate on that? Because I feel like, I, I guess I want to kind of understand what you're saying. Are you saying that does this person that we call the one make me happier than previously? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I'm saying maybe not previously, but does it does it have you in a place where you're you're ultimately happy? Because if you're not happy, okay. to me that's what would trigger you to say, "Okay, I'm tired of dealing with this. I don't necessarily want to keep fighting for this one or this situation. Okay. So I'm going to find another situation." And I, I I'm using a relationship as an example, but this applies to a lot of different things. Okay. So check okay. where you are from a happiness level with things when when things are I know it's it's hard to be happy when things aren't great but okay. when they are at their peak when they are great and you okay. ask yourself that question and you say okay this is it, this is where I'm at my happiest this is okay. the person I'm with my happiest this is a job that I'm at my happiest that you know these are the things that that um that that make me happy these are my activities I like to do that make me happy then it's easier to say and that goes into my third point, because my third point okay. is choice and choice. We all have choices in what we want to do. If we want to stick with something and because it makes us happy and we know that it might not be great right now, but it can be great again later, then we're more prone to, to work on that thing. Okay. However, it is a choice to say, I don't want to deal with all the mess, all the, everything I got to go through in order to make that decision to go back there. So I'm going to make the easier choice and go find something else to do, or someone else, or something of that nature. So we all got to be mindful that we have the power to choose where we
2: okay.
0: want to do. So those that was what I wanted to share. So
1: yeah, no, 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 I, I I completely agree with that. But I I think the main thing is is that balance, balance. I'll I even call it balance, happiness, and choices. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I think we as men we're compromising on all three of those. Mm, or yeah. for, and I wanted to hit on this point earlier. I feel like we're trying to find peace in long-term and successive relationships with attraction, with yeah. beauty, yeah. performance in bed, yeah. what this person can offer me physically, how they're offering it to me physically. Everything's kind of an external. I agree. Uh, yeah. Surface, yep. If, if that's the right term to use, right? Yeah. So yep. When you say balance. Happiness, choices. I think we as men, we're compromising all three of those. Let me let me explain why. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I feel like we as men we're compromising. I'll even speak on balance, right? When a man finds the one and he feels he's at his true happiest, right? Not all men, some men. What's the first thing they do? Right? They lead with their money, Mm -hmm. which brings an imbalance of power. Mm -hmm. Because you're 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 stating that I'm giving you to balance to, uh, and and, and maybe this is a part of who a man is, right? I just don't believe that either, right? In order for me to gain balance, I'm going to buy you in some sort of way, right? And that equates to happiness. In order for you to be happy with me, I'm going to give you something, right? And then I've made a choice to lead with my money, as far as balance and as far as feeling powerful, because that makes me at my happiness that is that is that help things on a learn, long-term situation? No but I think that's what's happening today. yeah, right? I think we as men, we've said on this show many times that it's a man's choice to pursue a woman, but we're mm-hmm. choosing women on the wrong things right, when it comes to balance power and choices we're choosing we're, we're compromising on all three yeah we're, we're, we're balancing social media materialistics and outweighing that with peace right we'd rather have uh, 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 materialistic things attraction beautiful um, um, I even call them trophy women yep. Instagram models over yep. peace yeah. Right. We're compromising. And, I, and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm just trying to bring a statement. I'm, I'm loving your perspective on it because it does. It, it reveals
0: other things. So go go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. No, 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 no. you good. You're good. And I feel like when it, that, that's when it comes to balance. Right. When mm-hmm. it comes to happiness, I feel like men are triggered by these happiness to feel like mm-hmm. I need you to look a certain way for me to be at my happiness, to give you something in return point blank. And I feel like that's, <laughs> that, that's just be, let's just be real about it. Right? No, 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 you look, I'm, I'm with you. I see what you're saying. Let's just be real about it. And then, and then we're allowing our choices, right? The way we're choosing women, the way we're choosing to stay in relationships, the way we're choosing to stay in marriages, in situations that may not necessarily equate to the happiest we could be on different levels, we're giving up that choice. Because we, we we're choosing to give all our power, we're choosing to give away all our identity. We're we're choosing to turn who we really are in benefit to fit someone else's identity to try to make them at their happiest. And I feel like men have been conditioned in that manner, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, what What are your thoughts? I didn't know if you had some thoughts on that terrain or Jay.
2: Uh, so I will, um, I will agree and disagree. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I agree with you in that there are, there are definitely imbalances in how we are, in how we are approaching our choices, our our choices for, and our choices are, so I guess my disagreement is with the order of operations, so to speak. <laughs> I think. I think um, That's a good word. I That's a good way, way to put choice, it. Yeah. So I think the choices we are making are because we are attempting to gain happiness, right? Mm. So we make choices in pursuit of happiness, but the imbalance we experience affects our choices, and we make the wrong ones. So what we perceive to be our happiness. Is not correct to who, though. So, to who it's not internally. So, okay, like you okay. said, like you were saying, you know, the will, uh, we ultimately we we seek relationships because we believe relationships will bring us happiness, mm-hmm. but then we base our criteria for selecting who we're going to end up who we're going to pursue a relationship with based on looks uh performance in bed um how much lifestyle that sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. as as a as opposed to the things that bring peace like you were saying that's what that's why i say i agree and disagree you know because you because let's let's you know what let's let's do uh let's do a real world example about it you know like um on this side, I have you know, Victoria's Secret model. You know, she 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 was she was in she was a calendar. You know, all all this all this top stuff. You know, yeah. And on this side, I have you know the woman who, who you know, I can I can crack jokes with, laugh with. You know, I can share a meal with, and, and you know, all of this sort of stuff. Am I going to choose the Victoria's Secret model who? I can only have a conversation with for two to three minutes before i'm just like all right and i'm good or am i going to choose the quote-unquote average woman who you know i can laugh with i can i can see myself sharing a life with eventually it's just she doesn't look like the victoria's secret model who am i going to choose now the the imbalance you know if i'm if i'm getting If I'm deciding, oh, the visual is more important, I'm going with Victoria's Secret. If I decide like, oh, um, based on on my boys are saying, yo, she's bad, you know, let's, okay, I'm gonna go with the external factors and go with, okay, they said this, so obviously she's the better choice, (laughs) as opposed to internally, I know, (laughs) I know internally (laughs) I have a better time when I'm with this other person over here. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but she don't look like she looks over here. So I'm gonna go with over here. Yeah. And that's, and you know, you, you made that choice based on flawed, a flawed measuring system. So that's why I say I agree and I disagree because it's like, yeah, you're, you're doing the right. You're you're doing the right thing in terms of you are trying to pursue. Going about it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's what a lot of a lot of us end up running into.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Did you have something to add, Tariq? Oh no, I
0: think this is a great conversation because um, <laughs> I, I see the the Victoria's Secret model are we we, we all have our preferences and preferences lead to happiness or at least the process of figuring out what makes us Mm happier and those things might allow us to be able Mm -hmm. to get to a place where okay this first level of boxes are checked now I gotta dig deeper and understand can I have that conversation with you for more than two to three minutes can I actually enjoy those things And now we're getting a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think the goal to get to happiness is to find the one that you can drill all the way down and be like, okay, this is the person that makes me the happiest. Happiness comes from within. So that other person, you know, she can look good all day and everything, but if she's not fulfilling you emotionally, then that's going to be another void that's left out. And so, so I think it's, you know, and, and so I think the, there, there's gotta be a, a balance of all of these factors that go into it that allow mm-hmm. us to at least get to a place where we make a choice that we wanna pursue further. And that's and where the decision comes in. And, and it's vice versa too. For the women, that same thing for you know, looking at us guys and everything, that mm-hmm. that certain things are just gonna be on the surface attract that we're drawn to. And those are those preferences that allow us to take that next step and maybe explore and and phil i i feel what you were saying earlier because you know we are doing this exchange for you know monetarily i'm providing in order to find out more about you essentially
1: yeah yeah trade off there yeah yeah this
0: this is this is There's a lot to unpack it. <laughs> I'm just Look, if y'all want to invite me back for two more shows? Oh, yeah. know, oh yeah. man, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely,
1: yeah. definitely. definitely man. Me, yeah. Definitely, because I feel like this is something that, let, let's just be real, right? E- each one of us can say, man, we've been through that. Or to say we know either know somebody that's going through that right now, or to say, you know, I've been through that. I can't, I'm not going back down that road again.
0: Right, right.
1: Right. And I, I feel like, and I was just about to ask a question like to Jay, just out of laughs and giggles, what do you think is more riskier, Jay? The 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 uh Victoria's Secret model or <laughs> the the average woman? How much work do you feel like you have to put into that?
2: I mean, <laughs> what's more risky? <laughs> That's a rough question, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I like, mean, let's let's so just think about it.
1: Today's answer is different than what have been would have been for you, me, and Tyran maybe five, 10 years ago.
2: Like heck is, yeah,
1: heck yeah, I after and, that Victorian uh, secret motto. But today and, is and,
2: <laughs> I mean, if you ask me today and um and I'm serious about my answer, you know, I would say the quote unquote average woman is is riskier because wow, okay. the reason I say that is because again, the 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 things that attract you to Vicky's secret are surface level. Mm they don't require as much investment they don't require as much like he said the the drilling down to figure out all of the things now that it's it's not i'm not saying you know you won't do the same thing with victoria's secret hopefully you are doing the same thing regardless you know whichever person you are approaching and trying to get into a relationship i don't i don't think
1: you're looking to go deep with with the victoria's secret model exactly (laughs) it's 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 easier not to with victoria's secret because you got into
2: it based on the surface level so the second you are asked to go deeper it's just like well why am i going to do that you're not as invested
1: yeah yeah whereas
2: if when you're when you're talking about Like I said, the quote unquote average, I mean, and I'm using average woman because that's just what, what the language that we we use, but it's like when you're, when you're dealing with somebody who would be considered average, you're not going to, we call them average, but we're not going for average. You know, we're going for the, we're going for the outliers that make them compatible with us. Yeah. And because yeah. we are going for that, if you don't find them, like you have to invest a little bit more in finding those and it's it it can it can even hurt a little bit more when you don't when you realize oh I haven't found it sometimes that's true, that's I, true. I don't know if I'm articulating it properly, but it's like okay, are you going just for the Okay, I know how I'll, I'll I'll phrase it. It's like you're going for a summer fling versus an actual relationship, right? Correct. How, Flavor of the month. how much more invested are you in the summer fling than you are in the relationship? I, yes. I, I, in in, in the, uh, what's it called? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I say I'll end it on this. I feel like there's a higher probability and a risk of, the succession rate being lower with the, with the, with the, um, Victoria's secret model, then it would be you having to dig deeper with an average woman because an average woman, hardworking woman that may have the same things you're aligned with on all types of facets of life may challenge you to, to, to do better as a man may challenge you to, to, to be vulnerable, um, emotionally mentally you know may Mm -hmm. make you step out of your comfort zone where uh uh, victoria's secret model that may be in some respects to some men maybe i've had this flavor before i've gone down this road it's easy you know i just have to do this this and this and this and this but a good woman in some respects can challenge you to be better than who you are today and And i feel like
2: yeah yeah and i think and this isn't me saying, and I want to be clear about this, just because I don't, I don't think when we use the term "good woman" or "average woman" versus Victoria's Secret model, I don't want people to take away from it that that we are saying, oh, certain women have more intrinsic value than others, or anything. Certain people like people have intrinsic value, regardless, you know. Yeah, no, nothing makes this person better than that person. The only difference between people is maybe circumstance and choice, right? And, That's
1: go ahead, yeah, go ahead, and, and personality. Well, well perso- I mean, personality, personality, I, I think, think, I think,
2: pretty... uh, and I think personality is a byproduct of circumstance, and choice. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I said.
1: Okay. You, you got something to add to Ray? You laugh. It looks no, like... I, he, I
2: think
0: uh, it's <laughs> good. I just want to ask... Okay. You got to ask yourself what makes me happy. Do I mm-hmm. want the summer fling? Do I want the Victoria's Secret? Maybe that's what makes you happiest. And, Maybe and you want the... It's also... there. I think it comes to understanding what drives you first before having the debate about oh should i go this route with the victoria's secret or this route with the you know the, the regular girl the average girl who has all these you know positive aspects from a compatibility personality standpoint it, it, there we it, go. Go. Yeah. The, the better you understand yourself and what you really want the mm-hmm. easier it is to figure out what direction you want to go in so
2: it's that's true. all i'm gonna add
1: that's here. true no, that's yeah. true. That's so, true. That's true. So
2: that I have a follow up question for you, uh, Tyren. Um, <laughs> do you, uh, so this discussion we've been having, do you think, do you think, you know, not taking this stuff into account is part of why a lot of black, a, a lot of men, but let's, let's talk specifically about black men. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's why a lot of us end up stuck? Or have dealing with a feeling of being stuck in a specific situation or circumstance.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of a lot of us as men and, and myself included in ways we don't we we don't realize what we don't know and we, we, we don't realize ourselves. So so what happens is we think we understand what's best for us, but we never really dove in to really figure out, do I really like this or not? So we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's what keeps us stuck. And it's because we think this is the right thing to do. But if you look at your track record, if you go back and reflect on certain situations and what I could have done differently or what caused us to go this way, then maybe you'll have a little bit of understanding and awareness on what to avoid the next time. But a lot of the times I think we just keep it moving and we don't go back and look at the lessons we should have learned from the situation and say, okay, I did this wrong or this person was wrong for this reason, or I'm, these red flags were there and I didn't act on it because I didn't want to see it. Maybe I didn't want to see it. Maybe I just wasn't looking for it at that time. But those things, if we're not going back and looking to address and change those things, then we're doomed to repeat it again and so you know i think that that's true and i know we're talking largely about relationships here but you know from a from a you know financial standpoint i think we run into situations like that from a career standpoint and things with you know jobs or whatever industry whatever we're doing that we can find ourselves repeating things and sometimes i think we repeat things out of familiar familiarity and sometimes it's because of the way you're going back to the earliest conversation, the way we were brought up and some of those initial thoughts and beliefs that this is the way it's supposed to be, Mm -hmm. that, you know, organized chaos. I'm supposed to have this level of stress and drama in my life from certain areas. So I accept it for what it is and not really go through and try to address it and make it better. So, yeah, that's, that's, I think that, and just, just the whole increase emotional awareness and, and understanding who you are, I think. And that's where the whole therapy and really digging deep in who we really, how we think, how we operate helps us to not stay stuck. So yeah. okay, trying to be shorter with it and everything, but yeah. No, 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 that's,
1: nah, that's-, nah, nah, that, that's I mean, straight to the yeah. point and yeah. direct. <laughs> I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think we've kind of, kind of spoke about, you know, a lot of the love within the black community. So we're gonna kinda go into um a wrap it up session. Um everybody knows, man, uh um, this is where we give our guests that couple moments to kind of let the audience know, give them some gems. And yeah. um Mr Mr. Taran Jackson, man, you got the floor, man.
0: All right. Well I say a couple of things. First off, uh philosophical Jay, thank you guys for letting me be a part of this platform with you guys and hopefully It'll be some intriguing, interesting, and thought-provoking points that are taken away from this by everybody who gets to see it. Okay. Uh, I've enjoyed to be able to to share my story and and my story and just the uh, there's a lot of aspects to it. But like I said before, um, I, I speak and I embody and I feel that resilience is a key part of me, helping people overcome their traumas, tragedies, and transitions in life and help them make transformation so they can become triumphant, is what I'm here for now. A lot different than what my life was as an engineer. Uh, but, but I want to leave a couple of things, a couple of points with you. i like to talk about how we all are going to face challenges and adversities at times, but I want to say this. It's our reaction to the adversity that we face in life, not the adversity that itself that defines our life story. So be more aware and more mindful, maybe not about the obstacle that you're facing, but how are you going to react in that situation? That's going to define what you do with yourself and how you get past those things. So we all are going to have those issues and challenges in life. And then the thing about my true definition of resilience, when I talk about resilience, it's not regaining what was lost, but it's about reshaping what remains. Think about that. We're going to have things that happen to us in life. Everything is not going to always be great. We can't go back and fix what was done. Some of the problems, some of the challenges, they are what they are. We have to focus on what we can control and what resources we have left to define what our future is going to be. So I want us to be able to say that there is there's another quote that I like. Um, I think Maya Angelou said it. I'm not what's happened to me. I am what I choose to become.
2: And so oh, yeah.
0: when we look back at, at where we are and how we got to the places that we are, you know, there are going to be things that we're going to be proud of and happy about and things that we may not be you know, the most excited about, some decisions that we made, some, some choices that happened, and maybe some circumstances that happened to us completely out of our control. However, let's be able to, truly focus and figure out what steps, what actions, what changes am I going to make in order to make my life be the way that I want it to be. Regain control of that life and not just let life happen to you. So Mm -hmm. on that, yeah, look, like I said, we can, we can talk about a lot of things. I want other men to be willing to take that step to understand who you are, where you are and how you're going to get to where you want to get to one other one. Everywhere we got in life, our mind got there first. You got to see it. You got to be able to visualize it. You got to be able to have an understanding idea before you can actually take those steps to make your life where you want it to be and not just let life happen to you, like I said before. So I'll stop right there. I appreciate you letting me wrap it up. You guys, it's been great. I
1: mean, hey, man, really, really appreciate you coming on with us, man. Um, Mr. Tyran Jackson, man, Arthur, make sure you guys, his his book will be down in the description. Choosing resilience expert coach founder of his b- business platform reborn resilient. Um make sure you guys follow him on Instagram at Tyran Jackson Official, TikTok, and LinkedIn at the same handles, man. Make sure you guys like and subscribe and share um on our YouTube page. Uh make sure you guys engage with us. Let us know what you guys think, man. What a great, great conversation with Mr. Tyran Jackson, man. Really learning yeah, man. and appreciating his journey and
2: thank you for uh thank you for being willing to share man yeah man you you have an amazing story and like you you i mean you you practice what you preach you were you were vulnerable enough to come on here with two dudes you essentially don't know yeah and just share your story and share your truths with us and we appreciate you for it man so no problem
0: no problem i appreciate you guys being willing to have me here man and and Look, like I said, y'all my brothers now, man. We can yeah. chop it up again some other time. Definitely, well. definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're definitely
1: That's gonna definitely. get you back for more shows. Um make sure we get your book. Make sure you guys get his book. Definitely read more to his journey. Follow him, man. Great content on his Instagram page. Um, great, great impact. Um, uh, just learning a lot about him, man. Make sure you guys follow him and follow Let's Rap Podcast, Instagram and TikTok, and subscribe, like, and share here on our YouTube page here. All right i philosophical from the Less Rock podcast. We are out. Peace, y'all.
2: I'm Jay Echo. Take it easy and give somebody some roses this
1: week. Man, treat, appreciate you guys having me.
0: Shout out to y'all, man. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here, man. You guys are doing amazing things. Like We're good, man. We doing good. I see you guys looking, looking great. Well, I appreciate y'all for having me out, taking out time, and, and promoting positive black
2: image.